have all this pain inside, and then they they lash out at other people online. There's all sorts of yeah, things. lots of projecting. <laughs> now recording. Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. Hi, Izzy. You can tell Izzy's here because he's always repeating Craig. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've got Ariel, Faye Doney, Izzy. I'm very good at it. Karen, you, you are the best at it. Uh, Karen and uh, our guest, Maureen Anderson, is here. We're a basic income advocacy podcast. We're all basic income advocates in our own right. So uh, welcome to the show, Maureen. It's very nice to meet you. Would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, it's nice for you guys to have me today. Um, yeah, my name is Maureen Anderson. Um, I currently live in Wisconsin. Um, I work for the state as a grant specialist in the Division of Housing. Um, I specifically work with the homeless population that we have here. So that's uh, kind of my primary background. Um, I do have a master's in nonprofit administration, and I am a certified nonprofit professional. If you can believe that's actually a thing, so, <laughs> so nice. yeah, nice. Um, let's see about my background a little bit more. I have an undergraduate in um, graphic design, and uh, been in non- the nonprofit world for about a decade now. Uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you quickly. I do want to ask quickly, like, uh, did that degree in graphic design, did it do anything? Um, let's be, I'll be very honest. So I graduated right before the um, uh, recession started. And I'm the, you kind of hear that, um, the old saying, first in, first hired. That was kind of like me. So um, I think that's even kind of how I got into nonprofit to begin with. Um, I went on this long journey of... Um, doing freelance work, just kind of pay the bills. And then eventually that all dried up because if anyone knew how to use the design uh, back or hat, the programs at the time, the Adobe suite, even if it was like the marketing director or whatever it was, they were the ones that kept the jobs and everyone else was kind of let go. And nowadays, I mean, it really, I don't even think it really matters because there's Canva and all these other you know things that basically automatically do it. Yeah. So it, it's a, definitely a dying industry i hate to say it but um i was actually the first of my college class to uh, graduate with um that program it was a new program at the time so i'm assuming they're not going to have it much longer if they do still have it it's also extremely competitive extremely mm-hmm. even in some like broadcasting or whatever because i was trying to like uh somewhat go towards that because i i I have got my BA in like communications, and then I want to instead of someone like broadcasting or you know podcasting or whatever. But those things are like you got to be you got to be on your p's and q's. You got to really know what you're doing. Oh, or more more so, I wanted to get into like voice acting. Um, but it's like yeah, again, the competition is just extremely high, and it's like yeah. you say the first come first serve, first come first serve, and there's like very high expectations. And it's just, it's just, it's just insane. I, I feel like, and I, I do, I strongly believe technology has something to do with it. And also, mm-hmm. like, those people had, like, they knew certain people and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's and I, and the, and lots of people want to get into it. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, at the time, it was kind of a, I don't know, sexy job, I guess you could kind of say. But I look at it the way it is dying now. I mean, there's got to be certain jobs like that are, that are happening right now. and 
hopefully it's not podcasting and things like that. But podcasting is basically cutting out a lot of radio and things like that. So I don't know. It's just things are shifting. They always are shifting. And you have to be able to kind of move and change. And um, I mean, I pretty much did a complete different career path because of that. So, um, but I still, it's still nice to know. I, I still have the basic tools I need if I want to do anything. I mean, certain part of art, the art uh, world really doesn't sh- change. I mean, um, you know, how to use a grid and um, color schemes and all that. Very applicable across any sort of um, design type thing. So I think it, it still helped me. I mean, I would say it's still very helpful. Just not <laughs> the programs themselves, probably not so much because they're just getting phased out. So I actually want to ask you some questions about this. Like, okay, so since these things are getting phased out and people have probably spent a pretty penny on this kind of thing, like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel like that affects the people? Like, or like, it's almost like, what's the point at this, you know, like, so I'm just kind of curious, um, or like, how do you think people could evolve into like using those um, abilities uh, nowadays with today's environment? So I think it really depends on your... um what you take out of it. So like I said, I took out, I learned basic skills. I learned, you know, different design principles and I didn't try to take it more than face value. So the programs will always shift. The The medium that we do these things on might change, but um, there will always be some use for a human, I think, in this type of world or a creative field. Um, you can, you, you know, they have other things like I said, like Canva and that to do those things now, but you still have to have a good eye to take like a template and, you know, shift it around or change your colors and things like that. Like you can only, the computer can only do so much to help you. So, um, I mean, yeah, it it might get better, but I don't think, I think it's still, you still have to have some sort of a basic idea what it is. You you can't do any of that with like a shitty computer. I, I will also say like, um, you tend to, you know, learn a lot more watching YouTube videos than going to college. Because, <laughs> like, it's, it's uh, yeah, a lot of the things I learned, like, uh, during doing, like, uh, videos and, and like, podcasting or or just uh, various other things. I'm, I'm, and I'm t- taking a dip in, like, the graphic design field with the color directions and things like Photoshop. Mm-hmm. These are different, like, software and stuff. But yeah, it's like if you don't have the the best CPU, um, use best CPU yeah. on your computer. It you, yeah, you're 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 fucked. <laughs> and it, it's so exclusory though. If you think about it, if you can't afford to buy a computer so that you can do this kind of work, right? Like, how is that gonna help people trying to succeed in a world that's evolving towards technology? You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. we kind of need these computers and like. Uh, you know, people's social media these days is how they make money. You know, they got Patreon subscribers to pay them, you know, yeah. like, these are my fans. Thank you for supporting well, me. Well, I think it, it all goes <laughs> yeah. back to, Faye, remember when we had your friend uh, Nick Rivera on here? It's like, you're never going to know how well someone uh, can do on an arcade game if they don't have their first quarter, you know? So so that's it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like our stupid sick system puts people who are financially struggling in a chicken and egg situation because we always heard the phrase you need money to make money and then even when they say like training and university 
people still have to pay for the training in university. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a load of crap. It's like, okay, if it takes money to make money. And then we said, it's like, it's like planting a seed and then saying, well, after it becomes a tree, then I'm going to water this seed. I'm not going to water this seed until it becomes a tree. And this is what we're doing to people. Yet our system is too stupid to recognize this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Maureen, you're, you're a grant writer or you're a grant specialist. Um, I'm a grant specialist. So my background is I monitor money. Basically the, the federal government um, gives block grants to the state. We decide how we need to use it to help uh, in our particular states. And then uh, we have grants that we give out to go along with that. So um, the one what kind of advice could you give a, a group like ours that's trying to like, you know, get a footing, get some people paid because like a lot of us are in like severe poverty, right? Um, I'm just curious, like, uh, if you were to give advice, if you can, uh, uh, on this, um, what would you say? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll put on my nonprofit hat, not so much my state hat, but um, for grants and grants, you know, writing and things like that, depending on what your your background is, um, there's going to be different types of funding. So you can look at, you know, your state and federal level those are going to be the, probably the most competitive, because, but they'll also be the most lucrative. Um, and for the writing process, I would probably say the more thorough you can be, like how your plan is, what you really want to do. Um, if you have estimates on your budget, you know, the more thorough you can be, the more likely I think you'll be able to get funding. But surprisingly enough, there's you might think there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people who apply for these grants. A lot of the times that people get the grants because they're the only only one of five or whatever that applied. So you just by applying, you might have a higher chance than. So uh, what would one Google looking for these grants? Like, how would you find where these are? Um, it really depends on your industry. I mean, there's um, there the one specific. for podcasts that are also for like you know um, trying to help the the country on a systematic level. What would one like us go for? <laughs> So I would probably look more at private foundations, um, trying to help out um, more maybe like ideal building and things like that. They, the reason I say that is because um, federal government, they want to see like tangible results. And, you know, if we're just trying to get the word out and ideas, I would probably say that, you know, state and federal would probably not be a route that you'd want to take. But um, private foundations, depending, they really go on whoever is writing the or, um I mean, it's somebody's personal funds, so they really don't care how the um, what the background is, as long as it fits their personal agenda. Excuse me, agenda. So, surprising, I would look for somebody like you know. We always talk about Jack Dorsey in the Yang Gang world, just because he's a person that likes this type of thing. But um, look for people like him who have foundations, and you know, look what they what type of agenda that they have in their foundation website. Um, they usually have all their grants listed there. It will, you know, it might be a couple pages down. You might have to dig a little bit, but it's, it's almost always there. And they'll tell you the the schedule. Most um, grants run on a annual basis. So you can reapply every year. Um, and I mean, I would, like I said, I would just really be thorough what you really plan to do with this type of information. Um, what, your overall plan is for 
getting the information out, you know, however, obviously these things will evolve and change, but you can change that in your grant program. But um, just really have some like tangible outcomes of what you really want to get out of it. Okay. Um, So a couple questions. Um, Do we have to have a nonprofit to take the grant money or can personal people take it? What are the requirements to even receive um, grant money? And can we have more than one? You can definitely have more than one. Um, It really comes down to reporting or however they ask you to report. Um, You don't technically need a nonprofit status. You just technically have to have, um, you have to fit what they're looking for. So if you look, I guess, for an example, um, a federal grant, they have requirements of why they're going to give out this money. And, you know, maybe a nonprofit fits that bill, but maybe it's a private company who has, um, you know, a vaccine or some research for health initiatives or something that fits that grant, and then they get the money. So, um, yeah, there's really no requirement if it has to be nonprofit or not. It just, it helps sometimes. Because I know, like, I find myself intimidated (coughs) uh, just with the idea, like, I need a grant, right, to do whatever xyz i think i have all the information i would need necessary to like pull this off but like it's like i don't know how to even find the grants i don't know how to like you know like these are things Mm -hmm. but see i'm also um so i'm fully nomadic i've been traveling the country for two years okay and so i don't actually have a personal address um Mm -hmm. is having an address um required because i know a lot of homeless people could probably use grants too right but i don't know if they can even receive it a lot of them are unbanked even that's a really good question um i think you really can maybe be specific i think you also could get like a p.o box number or a ups type uh number but you probably would have to have some sort of an address even if it wasn't you know like a physical address at least a p.o box number so you work with a lot of homeless people that's why i'm kind of curious um Mm -hmm. like how how things like this could assist them like um like what what are some of the ways you've helped homeless um i'm very curious actually so the organizations i work with are pretty big uh coalitions um they are all over the state and they each region of our state has a different need. So Milwaukee homeless population is going to be much different than the rural homeless population in our state. Um, and depending on the situation, they get, they get a little bit, they get treated a little differently. So um, some have massive homeless shelters and their, their work is really to try to use the grant money to um, move people into permanent housing. And sometimes the grant money is specific for um, keeping people from being homeless. So they're at risk and kind of teetering on the line, like they pay their rent very late, that type of thing. Um, And there's the program to help, you know, either pay it off or find some other relief for them for that. Um, A lot of the issues with the homeless, surprisingly enough, is not the fact that we don't have money to, um, to put them places. The issue, at least for our state, I can't speak for every state, but um, is actually physic- having physical houses to put them in. So, or landlords who are willing to rent to homeless. So that that right there is. So there's like discrimination and lack of resources, or I say definitely a lack of resources because there's just not enough housing that is affordable. I mean, and that I can say probably across most of the country. 
Um, if you're, especially if you're in any sort of metropolitan area in any part of the country right now, um, everyone knows that that's why they call it the housing crisis. It's ridiculously expensive to live anywhere. Um, well, I think part of that too is we, we, we put one person or maybe a couple in a house and there's like, you could fit a lot more, especially mm-hmm. in these mansions, right? Um, uh, do you guys talk about like renovating malls or like any of these like old buildings that have been, uh, they no longer have the same use they have, right? Like, have you guys ever discussed this, um, in any of your circles? So we as a state have not, but some of the local, those local coalitions might, um, we as a state would look at their, uh, proposals if they wanted to do a project like that, like purchase a building and renovate it. Those would think would be things that we would fund, but it would be something that the local coalition would have to come up with a plan and submit it to us. So, and then we would put it out there. So what they, are what are some of the names of these coalitions? Um, we call them the Care of Continu- Continuation. So, if you were to, to Google that, especially in Wisconsin, um, there would be thirteen different groups come up, and um, again, they all have slightly different um, agendas. Uses agendas because of the population that they have. Um, that would be the same as if you Googled it for any state, continuum of care. Um, so they all have slightly different uses of the money and how they would want to carry out their different programming. Um, one of the programs that I specifically work on is with case management, and we help um, children stay in school and uh, make sure that people have the resources they need to, to look for work you know, really try to to move them a little bit more than just finding housing to actually solve some of the underlying problems that, you know, keep them there. And especially the biggest thing is to take care of the kids is what we really want to do. So I stayed at a woman's shelter back in December and it felt like hell. Okay. Like there was screaming children, mothers yelling at children, Mm -hmm. uh, people, you could smell their disease, like, you know, um, and it was pretty, pretty, um, disheartening, (laughs) um, as a person who saw ways to improve this, um, facility, uh, I had no power to actually do any of the changes, right? Because like, Mm -hmm. um, of restrictions and blah, blah, blah. But if I wanted to do something like make improvements to this woman's shelter, I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, do you have any advice? Well, the biggest thing was is to actually meet with the shelter itself. I talked to their executive, you know, director, you know, whoever's one of the people in charge. Uh, really talk to them, tell them, you know, what sort of issues you saw, which they, they're going to be more than likely very, very aware of the problems. But if you have any sort of ways to potentially help them, or you know, if you see things in a different way, um, a lot of times we do things because you know that's the way they've always been done. Um, surprisingly, and it's very, very common, I think, in the nonprofit world to just kind of beat to the same drum. We get so entrenched in the problems of, of the everyday things, we don't always see the solutions because we're so worried about fighting. You know, if we're fighting this, you know, forest fire, if you will, um, and you know, you're always standing on the front lines, you never get the chance very often to go up and above to look at the bigger picture. So, you know, maybe somebody else like yourself could, you know, see some of these other ways to do it and maybe give some, some suggestions. Now, that being said, what they would take that information and then, you know, they could look different ways that they could do it. Can they 
Is there a program that we could use? Is it something we already have that we could modify? Um, and then they, they bring those types of things to us. So they say, you know, we're looking for funding for, you know, this project or this program that we want to do. And, you know, we would look at the different options that we have and say, well, you should apply for, you know, these things here. And Okay. So you guys would essentially hold the hand of like, here's what you need. And, you know, uh, I see you want to help and this is mm-hmm. how. Okay, yes. good. Because I think people really need that kind of help uh, these days. Like well, they want to help. They just don't mm-hmm. know how to help. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this applies to anything. If you see a problem, whether it's homelessness or, you know, ch- anything, anything, you know, that some sort of nonprofits fighting it, or if you look it up and there is no nonprofit, there's definitely a need. And that's why nonprofits even exist to begin with. It, they're basically just hole fillers. Um, what happens with our society as, um, you know, as things sort of the core family time used to take care of everything, you know, we used to do childcare, work, you know, everything. And as you slowly separate these things off of the core family, um, you know, government has to pick up part of it. Um, the the family itself has to pick up part of it. Private industry has to pick up part of it. And then you're left with this void sometimes. And that's where these holes and these problems come up. And right. um, nonprofits is kind of like that catch all, I guess. If there's right. a problem, we kind this, of come. This and is it kind of like um this is what confused me. Like a lot of libertarians say that like, oh no, like government isn't the answer. Like all these people's kindness is the answer. And then it's like, don't force people into paying taxes. Just, uh, you know, you know, reach out. But it's like, hang on a second. But if people were so generous, then what? why don't we see Jeff Bezos just drowning you people in money or Bill Gates or, or all of these like super duper rich people we have they should be drowning you people in money and like uh, uh you know it's take care of this but i think like like the whole perspective like how how much would it help if like a thousand dollars a month was given to people and then you could say you could say like oh like with your with part of your freedom dividend we can help you more by like giving you ideas on like how to spend it to like help yourself wouldn't that make wouldn't that be like a lot better yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always, I kind of joked about it when Yang was still active. I'm like, I said, I, I really don't want to put myself out of a job again, but just think of like all the different things that you could do with money. I mean, over half the problems that nonprofits fight every single day, you know, whether it's homelessness, hunger, um, animal welfare, you know, whatever that might be, many of these things would be solved within a few months because the solutions are there. People already know the solutions. They know what needs to be done. There's just a lack of access to it. Yeah. Um, And a lot of that is just this money gate, you know, like, Oh, you got to pay me the money. Well, actually I'm still in my recovery phase, you know, um, please be patient with me. I don't have the mental bandwidth to do all the things you think I need to be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Because, I mean, uh, I was just thinking about, like, all the different things we have to pay to live in this society. Just the bills alone is exhausting for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. But but if you have to continually uh, figure out when you can pay something, uh, you know, and your bank account is bordering zero each time, 
you know, that's a lot harder than if you could just like I, automate that I mean, process by auto pay because you know you're gonna have money, right? Like and, you, even right. just and, that. Right. Yeah. And look at, look honestly at, I'll say I was there a year ago, so I fully understand this. I haven't had my job that long. I've only been in it for nine months. I started right before the pandemic started. And and you said you have a master's degree, right? Yes, I do have a master's so, degree. So, it took so, me over a year to get hired. Right. So 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 think of it this way. Everybody's talking about like, oh, oh, education is a way to like never be like financially strapped. Well, we all know that's BS. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the thing the thing is, is like back in the day when, you know, the factory jobs weren't automated or sent overseas, someone who might have even been a high school dropout would be making more money than somebody mm-hmm. who has a master's degree today. So all these jobs that used to pay the like a decent wage for people to at least have a family with maybe two kids and two cars, they're gone. And everyone's saying like, oh, but but a coder's job wouldn't even pay as much as the factory jobs would back in the day. So it's like it's it's just fundamentally not fair that they just expect to get rid of all these jobs that have like high pay and good benefits and just tell people like okay it's on you bye Mm -hmm. terrible yeah i I will say i think my masters did help me see you know the different aspects of how to you know to actually run a nonprofit. um i think i feel like it was a like a tailored mba the best way to say it but um i don't i don't i'm not saying that people don't do this all the time because clearly there's tons of people that run nonprofits without a master's but um, do, do your parents have degrees neither of them do so yeah, neither i'm by far the most educated person in my entire family. right right so so but here's the thing your parents had enough money to do you have any brothers or sisters i have a younger sister and she has oh, an associate okay. got it got it but but then but then ha, ha, did your parents have like enough to take care of all of you and stuff like that um I would say yes and no. So my parents were dairy farmers. And if you know anything about the dairy industry, which I'm assuming most people don't, um, it it was very lucrative in the 70s and early 80s. And then after the Reagan administration, they actually, because of California, um, he regulated that the milk market had to shift, that everything would start at California and then trickle out, which... It's a, it's a very weird policy that was written into law and it's never been changed. So Wisconsin was one of those uh, states that was hit very hard. And so my young childhood was fine. But as I got older, um, every year got harder and harder and harder. So when I was 18, my parents actually uh, sold our farm. It was either that or file for bankruptcy. And yeah, my dad ended up... Um, working at a cheese factory for a while and then he started trucking when the cheese factory closed so basically every industry he's been in he just retired thank god but uh that it's just been one after another and i actually got him to you know read yang's book and everything because of you know how everything has kind of panned out for him my mother works in customer service and she's done that forever so yeah so that's this is a shock for me because I'll say like this. This is shock for me because I mean, like when I hear Wisconsin, it's like you want to talk about you want to talk about dairy and stuff. It's like that's where most of the 
that's 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 what that because it's like everyone meant a lot of people mention like they always you know especially in like commercials they say you know with you know you want to get the best cheese or milk like go to, you know get it we get it from wisconsin and stuff and to hear this for like yeah. someone who's 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 there and, and live live that life or whatever yeah it can be a cultural it, it's a culture shock to a lot of people so but then again, you said it used to be a pretty lucrative business uh, way back when, and now it's yeah. Like, so it's, it's Cal- the California law, or the, I guess it's a policy. It kind of uh, shifted everything. So the only people who really survive in the milk and dairy industry now are that same California model with the giant commercial farms that oh. have a thousand head of cow. Um, we had, you know, give or take seventy-five to a hundred cattle, and again, that would have been fine. We we made a living, and my Parents, you know, they said it was very, very good when they first got married, but um, they just swallow you up basically one by one. And um, again, I can't speak about everything, but I know the it's the same story, whether it's um, dairy or um, like field type, like corn and stuff. So if you go to like Nebraska or Iowa and those types of um, yeah. Their their crops are the same way, so only the really large corporate farms that way still survive. So, but, I mean, it's just it's, it's a very different dynamic. Look, this is this is what's it, fundamentally it, screwed up in the overall is. American psyche. They keep telling you you do better than your parents when you get an education, right? We hear That's that drummed up over yeah. and over again. And then we, it's, it's basically a bait and switch. You get the education, you owe a whole lot of money, and you make less money than your parents. Like, and there's no suing these people for them lying to you. It, it's, like, it's like this entire cultural myth. Like, but at least our parents with like no education could at least have enough money to raise us when we were young and we were kids. Now, we got the education and we don't even have the money to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Look, look at how fundamentally I, screwed up and stupid that is. And 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 people should be up in arms against these people. I mean, dude, we got we got uh people with like BAs and and and, and MAs working at freaking McDonald's or you know places that don't require Starbucks. a degree. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just yeah, I was you know or at UPS. It's like what the hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they they they're like what other company can lie about let 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 let's say the company said if you take this training we're gonna raise your salary by like thousands of dollars and they say oh you're back from the training actually we're gonna lower your salary for thousands of dollars it's like excuse me asshole but 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 we do this to to, to a whole generation and think it's just okay <laughs> so yeah so I wanted to kind of touch back on something actually since you mentioned the whole dairy farm and stuff. Like, nowadays, people are finding that they're lactose intolerant and people are trying to get away from meat because it's bad for the environment. You know, mm-hmm. the yep. the cows run off into the water systems and, you know, like how much we grow crop for them to eat. But honestly, we're doing more harm to the environment. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is there even a way that's like, like the most ethical way to transition to a future that is a little more sustainable and healthier for the planet, in your opinion? I think there's lots. I mean, I actually have a cousin, her, they, they still actually raise cows. Um, so I, I, I kind of watch them just to have a baseline of where they are today, but they, I know they struggle just as much. Um, 
When I say, I also, when you talk about, you know, some of the different alternatives, I also, you know, drink oat milk and things like that, which I, I don't like to, to like talk about to my dad too much because I feel like it's slightly <laughs> be a slap in the face to him. But um, yeah, there's plenty of different ways that they can be sustainable. Um, my dad, unfortunately, this again, this comes back to maybe it was just like a change of the times. Um, my dad started doing, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, grazing rotation so this was a new practice for what now became like organic milk and instead of you know doing tons of crops instead you would just let it go back to its natural grasslands and then you would rotate your cattle throughout that to feed them um it's also it's not perfect because especially like in the cold weather climates like in wisconsin you still have to supplement during the winter to feed your cattle but um, for us, three, you know, three seasons out of the year, that was an easy way to do it. Um, unfortunately, organic farming was not really a thing in 1999, 2000 yet. And, um, you know, if even I would say three or four years in the future, um, he would have been picked up probably by Organic Valley, which is a massive uh, corporation now across the country. And that's in, that was in our backyard. I mean, he could have sold his milk there and, um, you know, made a basically made a whole switch, but stayed in the same industry. But it it just how, you know, the deck of cards lays down at the certain times and it just didn't work out for our family. Um, for crop growing, I think there's lots of different things you can do. Um, but I definitely am on board with the more um, letting things go back to grasslands as a whole if I'm being honest, and taking a lot of these old warehouses and um, setting them up with grow lights and things like that, because it's way more sustainable. It is a, um, a closed environment. You can grow year round. You can deliver produce, you know, basically that same day. You could cut it and get it to people that same day. So you're getting the most um, nutritional value out of it. It's the freshest. It tastes the it's best. Even- uh, more ethical, like with labor. I mean, everything, like, everything. Uh, um, but the problem is a lot less people get paid for that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, a part of it is automation. I mean, you can also have robots do half of that work, too. So I, I mean, it is what it is. This is but I do think that that's probably the way it should go in the future. Um, so like, um, with all of this, though, like, um, in in what different ways do you think a thousand dollars a month could help people with everything that we've been talking about? Oh man. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start I'll start with the nonprofit and like go from there. So um for me, what you talked about homelessness. Um you gave most programs that we have today are set up for a family unit. It's it's a you know, parents and a child. It is a single man getting a one bedroom apartment, that type thing. You gave them $1,000 a month. It's so easy for people to start to pull that money and get apartments and, you know, buy a house or you know, rent a house, whatever it might be. Um, and it that right there, I think, would be solved very, very soon. I would say three months just to give people a few months wow. to get footing under them. Um, and, and like you have direct experience knowing this. Like, I mean, you you, yeah. you would see like so. I mean, if there was ever an authority, like you're probably a little higher right. than some. You know? and, and and here's the ironic part. People are saying, well, these people just don't want to like 
help themselves. There's that disgusting stereotype going out, you know, and it's like, excuse me, but like with no money, if they want, if they want to get work, they need like, don't you need an address? Don't you need clean clothes? Don't you need a shower? Don't you need to be groomed? Mm -hmm. Maybe you need a suit. Maybe you need some training and all of these things cost money. So by not having that money there, it's like you're less likely to get hired because you don't have like the basic things to even get a job in the first place. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and to go back to that, a lot of these, the way these uh, grants are written, a lot of them, some of them are, are for work programs. So the whole point of it is that they're supposed to get a job and, you know, if they have no intent in getting a job, they won't help them. They'll just stay homeless, which I don't think is right at all. Um, I mean, nothing like good old means testing. Yeah, all of it. Everything is means testing. Almost every that... single one of these grants has some sort of provision in it. And if they don't meet every single one of them, they won't get the housing that they need. Well, so that, that's why you can't take the mean out of it. Like, you could yeah. be, you have to be, like, there's four different levels of critical homelessness. And, you know, if you aren't in the top two, you're most likely not going to get served. So if you are, you know, at the bottom two tiers, it it's kind of a toss up and you might get housing, you might not. But there's Marie. so many different provisions that they have to meet to actually get the housing because that's how they were written. And you know, I, we, as grant administrators, that's just how we have to give the money out. We, can, we don't have any um, power over that because that's federally how it was written so i have a question okay so again i like i've been traveling the country for two years right i'm uh you know homeless essentially right by choice right Mm -hmm. i stay on people's couches i don't have an address uh i do a lot of work a significant amount of work for this country you know by connecting teams of people doing this podcast is actually quite valuable right Mm -hmm. um so I feel like, you know, I, I need the assistance uh, because, you know, it's really hard to meet my basic needs, right? I have people who send me money, um, they see what I'm doing, but they're like, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? But like in these like means tested grants and everything, it's like, I don't feel like I qualify for anything. And know? honestly, you probably wouldn't. And the, one of the main reasons for it is be, probably because you move so much and Again, that has nothing to do with you personally. Again, that's just how it's written. And they can only help okay. people in, in their shelter. Usually you have to go to a shelter first, um, follow all their guidelines, fill out all their paperwork. And most of them are following their grant funding to see how they can serve you. And from there, it really depends okay. on, so, you know. I'd like to ask why it is written in this ineffective way, if everyone who administers these grants knows that they are ineffective because of the way they are written, why is the way they are written not changing? Because the people who write those laws are uh, congressmen and things like that. So you actually have to go to your congressman uh, uh, to change those laws to get them to be uh, terrible. <laughs> to basically human to open it up. Yeah. I mean, so it's out of- like legally, it's yeah. a legal issue. That yeah. seems so crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. that just... I- I guess that's why that that's what puts the mean and means test. So mean. how about we start a yeah. little movement to call our Congress people and specifically ask them to write grants right. differently, write grants with, without 
means testing and say, I am not as concerned about fraud as I am about excluding the needy. I would rather some people get through who don't need it than, than some people who do need it be excluded. You need don't, to start yeah. changing your priorities, Congressperson. I'm very angry. Let's all fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm down. laughs> that would be making the eye happen, though. Sheridan called yeah. his Congressperson uh, like Saturday night, like on a social stream just this week. <laughs> so if he can do it. We can all do it. We can leave messages. Well, well, it's less well, intimidating. Don't yeah, talk yeah, to a person. Just and, leave and, a message. And, and hold, hold their feet to the fire. Because it's like when, when we least, and record yeah. these conversations we have with our elected representatives. Because mm-hmm. God knows that MSNBC and Fox News are just barking the left is bad and the right is bad. Yeah. While all these problems are not being solved. I mean, this is what you see with like uh, children of divorced parents. The parents end up just barking at each other while the children are just neglected and traumatized. Ariel, That's all we have. We have representatives part, that are just barking at each other like idiots and yeah. no one's getting help. Clip it's, this it's, and it's, send it around. We're going to make some people make that particular phone call and maybe Congress people will start realizing that they're getting the same phone call a few times. Here's his like, thing. Um, the, a lot of these original laws or these grants were written in like the you know 1950s, 1960s, early 70s, and they've only had slight tweaks or you know extra provisions added and things like that. So, but like um, now we're in a pandemic, right? We yeah. have a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, people are losing their jobs. They're losing like everything they've ever like ever. They're getting you know eviction notices left and right. We literally need to like address this issue, like yeah. like on a systematic level right like yes. and that's what we're trying to do is change things it's a great intermediate between ubi and what's accessible now right yeah. like we, we gotta get somewhere but, but his... we need a, like a, a, a cushion somewhere <laughs> and people like me should not be punished mm-hmm. because i can't uh qualify right like mm-hmm. i think if i had funding and it was just from a grant, I would feel okay about taking the money, right? But I have to rely on my friends and family who are also suffering right now. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem fair to me. Like, but I yeah. am doing work that should qualify to get paid. But nobody has this job. This doesn't exist, what I'm doing. I'm investigating the, like, things on the ground level, right? I'm having these conversations. I'm getting people involved. And, like, mm-hmm. yet, like, I'm proof of concept that, like, the incentives are um, wrong. Well, you see, the corruption is a self-licking ice cream cone. Izzy, want to say something? Go ahead. Like, you know, just going off to the, you know, the uh, Congress and like saying we should we should call them up. It's like here's the thing. Uh, well, I mean, at least at least the ones at the top, like they don't really care about the people. All they care about is their paycheck. So if we if we keep on, you know, trying to reach them or whatever, they're just gonna send, send us another damn. Uh, you know, automated email and stuff, or just say, "Oh, you know, we we saw your uh, we heard we heard your concern or whatever." However, mm-hmm. we're gonna do this instead. You know, if you have any more questions, please call this number and all the other bullshit. So, so you know, what I'm hearing like, is we need Congressman Tim Ryan on again. That's what I'm hearing. Hey, hey, well, I'm I'm hearing what we need is we need to like obstruct their. Uh, you know, daily lives. I'm sorry, but it's like, like kind of. No, we need no, to no, remove no, them no, from their cash flow. Is what we need to do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit them in the pocketbooks where it hurts. Tell people not to donate to them. Tell people to call them out. Yeah. T- tell people like, like, have some kind of scarlet letter like situation Great on their idea. reputation. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and protest in front of their houses. Then they can't ignore well, you. Not you know, like, like find like, out what businesses like, they personally like, have a stake in the, and, yeah, and boycott would like them. I'd like us to try the, like, non-aggressive, like, like, rap Yeah, let's, uh, let's try we, to, we like... Yeah. What do you think about it? People didn't write these laws. They don't even really know how they function. And if they do, they it's just, like, business as usual. So you actually have to go, go through, read all these grants, read the means testing... And, and that's what you kind of have to call them out on. Do you have to rewrite the whole system? Probably. But the biggest thing is you have to know, like, line by line, like, what these things are doing. And, um, and I mean, every state gets different grant money, too. So depending on, you know, their population, their current needs, all this different data, each state is different. But the means testing is still going to be exactly the same no matter what state you go to. But see, you're already saying like nobody's getting these grants because they're not even applying, probably because they don't freaking qualify, right? Like, they don't the money from the state level, it's it's it goes to these bigger organizations. So as an individual, you won't qualify. You actually have to go to the you know your local shelters and things like that to even qualify if you are homeless. Well, that that's what the problem is. The middleman. Mm-hmm. That's why the yeah. freedom yeah. dividend is so good because yep. it cuts out the middleman for more autonomy, right? I 100% agree. There you go. <laughs> but, but that's why the only reason I'm saying, Faye, you're like, oh, no, let's try the nonviolent, non-confrontational situation first. Haven't we been doing that? <laughs> I mean, like, have well, we not been but doing this is a new thing, right? Oh, this is a little different approach. This is a slightly different approach, right? Like, uh, yeah. this isn't something that's even entered the realm of awareness, I think. Most of right? them don't understand this, and they don't. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need have no to be walked through it and taught how oh, to okay. do it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They yeah. Need an like, awareness. Like, they like need first. People on their side to okay. pull this off. So, 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 yeah, it starts with awareness, but, but, but if they're aware of it and they decide to do nothing, then that just shows you where, you know, their allegiances lie or something like that. And, you know, when Yang talked about like, um, all these job programs, you know, failing people, I mean, I, I, I was part of that. It's funny because I, I took a class on like 3D printing and, graphic design and all that stuff i don't know if any of you heard of a ywca but it was at a local ywca and then when i was done it was like okay well it's the same crap i've dealt with before i just send in a resume i hear nothing back and then they say oh we're sorry but this and that and then it's like oh we're sorry but i think like we have that position filled and then i'm like okay give me a break I got an AA, I got a BA, I did specific training and specific job skills. And then eventually I got a job at a Best Buy, which was a job that I could have got as a high school dropout. I mean, give me a break, you yeah. know? <laughs> it's like you can't keep telling people that it's their fault and to get training and to get the education. And then I, when they do get I, the training and they do get the education, you still tell them it's their fault. Then no, it's not anymore. The system is screwed. So, Ariel, I think really something is. that's going to start happening, though, um, in the near future is because everyone's had to feel the impact of this pandemic and we've been shifting the education and we've been talking to each other and having meetings and like real discussion. I think these kind of narratives are slowly going to start shifting, especially with voices like yours. Right. The more we get this out into people's awareness 
right? The easier it'll be to change. Um, but I think yeah. like, literally right now, people are feeling like the, they're feeling the cognitive dissonance. These two competing belief systems, they're like, something's wrong here, right? And and yeah. and we are just coming in and be like, this is what's wrong, <laughs> all right? And so and so they then have the opportunity to choose the, the path that actually is going to help them, right? And um, the generations, like, that are in, in front of the computers and their screens on their phones, like, they have a voice. And I think they're noticing, like, this stuff's crappy, too. And they're also bringing it up, right? So, like the the younger generation is going to push out the older thought processes simply because like they were born in it right um they're going to feel it a lot differently than we do yeah i think i think people are you know beginning to wake up during this you know during this crisis however at the same time i fear that they're going to project at the wrong people like they're just since you're going to point fingers at each other i mean we could be doing that we we literally also, should also be doing that that's my little that's a small well, fear but 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 however we still we still need more people to like be on the front lines and say you know and, and be like not you know going to these these congress people's doors or at you know capitol hill and stuff i mean i saw this yeah i saw this one post where you know black lives matter like they were at dc in front of capitol hill and i'm like great like that's that's a great thing and then only to hear that oh they're talking about you know uh brianna taylor and george floyd yeah those are um issues however at the same time things like you know cash relief and ubi like those are the reason that those are the things that and mental health those are the things that lead to things like police brutality yeah. and stuff like that and they are arguing about that for capitol hill because what because when congress hears hear stuff like, oh, say her name or George Floyd, they're just going to be like, okay, let's put some black guy, you know, in, in, in Congress or whatever, you know, but then if they're arguing about where's my damn check or whatever, that's well, that's what will get them sweating. Like, because it's, I think, they have the manpower. I just want to say hi, Zach. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, I think this is, this, is, this is what it really boils down to, is that we're tired of theater and showmanship and we just want to see some damn results. Yeah. Oh. Like like we don't we don't want to see like our congress people wearing kente cloth and like kneeling and it's like okay what have you done policy wise? Oh nothing. We just put on a show. Well, you know what? Screw your show. Do something. That's it, <laughs> you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's is like and I'm just I it's like it, it just gets me very upset when you have these massive um people gather together just to talk about things that don't really lead lead anywhere and then and then it's just going to it's just going to be another leverage another exploitation you know for but see that's for, why uh, we have our group right like we're we're literally that group that we we we're looking for like we are the ones looking for the solutions we're going to be the ones that hold the right people accountable right we need our team and other teams like ours to like maybe but we're running action. out of time yeah, we, we just need to well, inch closer and closer about, to the levers of power. I think, think that's the main thing. What happens when we do run out of time? That's is what it? Andrew Yang is trying to do. <clears throat> huh? When you what run happens? out of time, people are dead. I think yeah. that's what it comes I want to. Know what, I want to know what Izzy meant, though. What what happens when we run out of time, Izzy? Well, to be honest, like, we're already out. Time. Right, so yeah. Like for, People for are one. dying, right? So that's, yeah, I guess like, we're all yeah, on the same page there. Have, it's like <laughs> we're out of time. Yeah, We've been have, out of time. You have like the yeah. uh, you have like the minor, minor scarcity, go, like uh, 
on on steroids, just running amok. And yeah. again, like there's a lot of projection involved, especially with those who are different or have disabilities or have you know. And people are like, oh, shouldn't be getting all this. You know, they should just get a job like everyone else. Yeah, sure. Or it's like everyone's like just they're just looking for someone to take it out on. They then are. you got like the high rate of suicides, drug overdoses. Um, very, very, you know, substance abuse, various other things. You got abusive relationships happening. People are stuck there. Um, but see, I, I, you know, I, I want to add that the people who are probably helping make these decisions, they could also be suffering from some of these things, right? Maybe they have fighting with their partner at home. Maybe, maybe there's abuse, and they're like, oh yeah, so distracted, sure. right? For sure, and they'll never, so, <clears throat> well, they'll never we talk about it because they're in a position of power. Because they're in a position of power, they just do not have the, like, social move of being able to, like, look, I'm fighting with my wife. Also, it's really hard for me also, right now. They can't do that because they're a senator. And they'll be like, and, you, and you'll be like, fuck you. I voted for you. We put so much money behind also, you. You can't be a human being. But it's like, there, it's there a system, you know? It's like, yeah. people mad at them. You yeah, know, no. Could you imagine the hate from like, 10,000 people? You know, that would be really heavy on one's soul. And you're just trying to do the best. If they have can. a soul. No, I mean, it's we, true. We it's true. I mean, I don't know. We all have a soul. We can only sort of guess about what the experience, what their real individual lived experience is like. But, I mean, we do know that even having three or four people mad at us, it, that's a big weight on your conscience, you know, if they're people, especially the people you like at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Also say that it, take, it takes lots, of, lots and lots of energy. Like, fighting takes lots and lots of energy, yeah. especially when you have, yeah. if you have, like, chronic health, chronic illness or, any, or anything, or you're in a toxic environment. Fighting is 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 essentially going to be like a death sentence for for some. So it's like, yeah, if we could say, oh, we could just keep on fighting, we just push it. You might end up pushing them to the grave mm-hmm. if you keep on, you know, doing them like that. It's like we. That's why we need them to get some sort of compensation, some sort well, of boost, which is like cash relief, UBI, or you know, more people are like like trying to like help them out in some way and and not like say, oh, just figure it out yourself. And then they're supposed to like keep on fighting, keep on, you know, at the same time while uh, being standing and stuff. It's like, you, you, that's, that's, they're, they're not well, built that way. Well, I'm just so. thinking about the people that I've met personally, right? You know, like, you know, maybe, maybe they were military and had PTSD, but they ran for office. And then, you know, maybe like just one little threat somebody made, like triggered their anxiety. Like if anyone in our group yeah. wanted to run like it would be really emotionally difficult for any of us to take any of that hate, right? And it would paralyze us to some capacity. And I, I'm afraid some of these people are a little paralyzed. And that's and- really what would happen to me. And people would be like, so it's like, let's see, you you can't, and you can't just, you know, yeah. even though, even though, I'm like, just- it. it, it yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And and for the people who I, do I, I, have the because like I have the time and the energy like my our our mortgage is like all paid off so I'm never gonna be out, out on the streets no matter what happens. But at the same time, it's like I get frustrated when I have so much potential and so much energy, and it's like I want to know where to put it so it does something. And, you know, that's that that's the it, it's it's like, oh, and a lot of us who who have like, uh, like, like could could be making a real difference in the world. It's just that we don't have the right guidance. And we don't have the right uh, help. We, we Yeah, like the guidance. Like some of us don't even a have a while. vision. 
some of us don't yeah. even have a vision because we're so like paralyzed with like bills, right? We can't even yeah. think about how to use our um, talents, yeah. like you, right? And so the people who should be your advisor, the people that could be your mentor, might not have any time to actually t- take to, you know, hold your hands for some of these things that you really need the help for, right? You really could impact them, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're too busy. And then you're the one who yeah. suffers, right? Like, and, and like, Except- unless they're scouting for you and it's like, you, you did the thing. You're what I need. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's, it's going to be hard yeah. to get that scenario. <laughs> It's very, very confusing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's are, that's things. under that's understandable, uh, except if they decide to essentially lie and like you know and do oh so yeah much for, for, for someone else like right in, right in front of you like you're not there. Like, but like I I reached out to a lot of people who are like uh, loaded and had like tons of money and, and shit like that, and then and then like. That, that like uh, they disappear for like no reason without even telling you right. or like they have these unrealistic expectations of like what they want for you that they, they, they were they were telling to like they were telling me to make money or something like that and i'm like i reached out to you so i could get advice on this and it's so it's it's such a backwards situation that that sometimes that you're 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 put in like they 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 expect you to like you know um provide when you needed to be helped first to then provide it's a very very um terrible i had this interesting conversation one time and like i got added onto this phone call right and these are people that make a decent amount of money and i'm just like a fly on the wall okay these two people are talking and they're like you told me don't like i get paid for this information now don't you know and it was just like how to put your podcast on like apple podcasts or whatever right they're like i get paid to do this oh but i could do this for you as well you know but you got to pay me and and like they were just friends right and and he's like well if you sign a non-disclosure agreement it's just like you're you're holding this very important information that could really give a lot of people a voice at a a dollar amount right but okay you're not the only one with this information okay like we don't need you but that's kind of like painful that like you know, uh, you yeah. could be making the world a better place, but you don't see the value in sharing that knowledge because you need to make money off of that information. It's it's difficult. Yeah. To I mean, I mean, we've we've like we've, we've commoditized everything now. We we've created everything that's yeah. so like transactional. What I what I kind of really like about like Middle Eastern cultures and like um, when you had your Native American friends on here. Is that it's like, okay, we make sure that nobody falls below a certain thing. And we make sure that the people who have the um, ability to contribute can contribute. We just don't leave anyone in the dust. And then it, it like amazes me that like the United States all of its like you know um like programs that they have abroad and they even have like peace corps and all that stuff let's help in haiti let's help in like you know africa hey yeah. what the hell is going on over here it's like it's, it's pretty and, pretty they, sad. and then they turn around and then they turn around and like when some bad happens to the person they just go oh we should have done something sooner you right. think <laughs> or, or or it's like or like if they if they, they say like oh well you know you didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps hard enough it's like yeah. well then are you telling that same thing to the people in haiti 
and the people in like Africa, you're so eager to like go over with the Peace Corps program and like send you tell her that to the children in hospitals stuff, or the animal you know, shelters. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so it's idiotic it be, because we have this myth that like everybody has a fair shake in this system. That's just not true. They just don't want to hold Europe is what it comes down to. They don't want to reflect that this is happening here. It happens every day. And, you know, it's easy to to outsource your problems and to look at other people's countries and things like that. But to actually hold the mirror up and take a hard look in the mirror of like, this is our, this is us. This is what we look like every single day. And everyone else in the world can see that. But but think about it, though. Who is providing some of these, like, uh, bodies? Okay, so my family is uh, very religious, very involved in the church, right? My grandparents would go on mission trips to other countries. The money they would get for those mission trips came from uh, tithing uh, from the church, right? The church is like, I'm going to raise money to sponsor this person so they could go to a different country, buy the supplies they need, and use their knowledge to build these things, right? So that this place has the thing. We don't have sponsorship like that. Not for people like us. Like, you know, we need these kind of like, we need to sponsor American missionaries, if you will, <laughs> right? And and, and and not at a religious, like, you know, uh, cutoff too. Because there's a lot of people who are shifting their belief systems right now, right? So we almost need a non-religious uh, path to pull something off like that and you know in in some capacity that could be our taxes like you know so we think of tithing right so taxes is the equivalent of that right you know my little bit of money that i earned gets automatically pulled off it should go to this thing that's supposed to help the thing but wait it's on military whoa 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 you know like we don't get to choose where all our different taxes go and then and then we're uh, like you know if you're doing uh, tithing you can write this is for the missions trip right like this is specifically for these which is people. the same for nonprofits. you get to choose yeah. where your money goes with a nonprofit. so but not our taxes like mm-hmm. not really you know uh if yeah if, if well i mean, I mean joe bob wants well, to do military and i don't well, i'm still forced to do well, it th- think about it think about what what this country was founded on even though it's a very cheesy statement no taxation without representation ta-da that's what we have right yeah we have taxation with zero representation with these corporate tax breaks and like the cayman islands and like not knowing that it's going to lobbyists so this is this is what the the revolution was fought over we had no representation i mean So, so if we're if we're looking at actionable solutions okay how could we choose where our taxes go and change that on a systematic level it's a very good question. I mean, that's, the, that's the what, issue, though. Well, that's what what that that's what Yang said. The UBI, we we we'd have a ten percent. Well, no, like it, yeah. it's still not. I mean, we could personally choose the nonprofits, right? You know, well, but it's not instant. Like everything's right. instant. But, but the nonprofits have their rules written with these archaic laws that. But that it's are only like, certain things, though. I mean, certain nonprofits they have. If they're not getting federal grant money, you know, it's kind of open doors. Oh, nice. If they're a 501c3, it's whoever donates to them. And they can kind of do whatever, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, The only ones that are really held to these types of standards are the ones that are getting federal and state funding. And the state funding, most of it comes from the federal government in a block grant of some sort. So Uh, that's where it gets... 
who a changes the laws? Or I guess we would have to present a bill uh, for the Senate. Is that what would the process yeah. be to make this stuff yeah. happen? And hope that Mitch McConnell doesn't like kill it by letting it sit on his desk and do nothing. I guess that's why the runoffs in Georgia are so important. <laughs> you know, I guess he's going yeah. to Georgia. Oh, you are Sunday morning. Nice. Are you really? I don't know that. Of course, I'm going to Georgia. Nice. We're <laughs> gonna have a lot to do but, there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I really just Say want to talk to the people, and I don't necessarily care if we flip the Senate. Right. Okay. Kind, kind of, yeah, we'll definitely like, do some do live care, reporting. Right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like when you went to Iowa, right? Yeah. Did you, did you have a chance to meet Yang at that sorority or no? Um, I've never had like a real conversation with him. I got a a, a, picture, a picture with him and my puppet Marshmallow, the unicorn. Um, but you know, like that, that's as as much. <laughs> yeah. As, like, well, maybe, maybe when you're in Georgia, I mean, your your paths can cross because I heard that he's he's sponsoring yeah. people there, even like yeah, the same no, thing. No, I, that I plan did. to plug into that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could sleep in my truck if I must, but I would prefer not. It's getting colder. Right. Yeah, yeah. Plug into that, and then and then we'll have a live YGRT reporter on the ground in Georgia. There, there you go. Wonderful. And 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 like so much. Like, think about the networking opportunities when you. <laughs> There's a, a strong draw for me to go to Georgia right now. And also, like, the last time when I was helping in Iowa, the reporters loved me, okay? And I was just fresh out of, a, like, a woman's shelter. So, like, my energy levels were so low, right? Like, I had, like, and then my grandma died. So, like, me, like, I was at, like, low-capacity energy. Now I'm successfully working with teams of people, and I'm, like, empowered, and I have confidence again, right? Like, me now is going to be a lot better than me, like, into January, <laughs> Uh, you know, I know that I know that uh, like when people get like, you know, like like that first stimulus check, uh, um, a lot of people like when they when they the ones who are managed to get it, like there are those like including include myself who, uh, you know, like you said, Faye, like you, you got that that energy, that confidence back. Like that's what happened when they people got the, the cash relief. And now it's but and but a lot of people are still at, at their lowest, especially now since we're not getting this. It's been. It's been yes, it's, it's but like I'll stand out. Year. Yeah, yeah, and like and also like you know those like college students who work their asses off and literally living homeless. Some of them didn't even get anything. That's yeah, they, just, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, um, wait a minute, but 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 um, uh, let's see, Marine. Um, uh, how, how did did any of the homeless people that you were working with get that stimulus check? Um, so some of them did. It really depend on again. It comes down to who paid into the system. I mean, yeah. people can be homeless and they still have a job. I mean, ha- I would mm-hmm. say half the people in the city that I live in have jobs and wow. they're homeless just because they what the money right, right. Money so, so that's the thing. Home. It's 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 funny how people say, "Oh, just go get a job." They yeah. do have one, but yeah. it's not enough to pay for a Literally home. Literally, half of these people yeah. have jobs. They have one. Yeah, and yeah. They struggle it's, with you know yeah. paying for their work and their childcare at the same time. So it's like, yeah, you can have a and, home, and but you, you have you to know, take care of your kids. It's, it's a boggles the mind. Like, childcare, but you don't have a house. So it's like this, people this keeps coming up on our show and very few other shows. I mean, some other shows it does, but like it's still not in the mainstream media narrative. It's not even in like the main alternative media narrative. Uh, right. And when I – it's such – there's such a 
disjunction, such such like intellectual disjunction that that like the people who are older who do not believe this stuff when they hear the show once, like they don't ever want to hear it again. They're like, no, that's not true, and they just don't want to hear it. (laughs) Like you know, like my 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 older relatives won't watch this show. They don't believe it, you know. And they're my relatives. What do you? Oh my god, it's cognitive dissonance. It's cognitive dissonance. It's just absolute disjunction. It's exactly, and it's such a powerful force that it's it's just baffling and disheartening. I don't know what to do. And 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 you know what else that that that's really dumb. Some people tell me that like no because if we have UBI that means that the government is contro- is in control and let's say if the government came up with some kind of vaccine and you didn't take it then they take the UBI away from you. But here's 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 the thing though. Let's say I got like a year's worth of UBI and the government wanted me to do something, and then I said no, and that they, they wouldn't give me the UBI anymore. But at least I'd have that year's worth of saved up UBI to like do something with my life with. They can't mm-hmm. control me. It's like completely ridiculous. At least, at least, let's say they, yeah, they told me to do something I didn't want to do, but I'd have all that 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 saved up UBI, even if I wasn't getting any later, to like do whatever I wanted. <laughs> My my other concern, though, is, like, these for-profit um, prisons and stuff. You know, like, if people are finally going to get money, right, all the ones that, uh, like, they just constantly go after them for their money. You know, you could go from middle class to living low-income housing pretty quickly, even if, like, you know, the reason you uh, got in that situation is because you just took your kids to a different country, you know, and your ex-partner... Like, this is a or, true story, right? Or like, let's say you wanted to, like, start uh, a business and you, and you like, had to, like, invest in, like, an office space. And then, and then maybe you didn't sell enough of your products. You can just get homeless because of that. I mean, like, that's, isn't that discouraging work? Isn't that discouraging entrepreneurship? Isn't that discouraging the American dream? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> well, and think of it this way. So, again, this is really just pandemic related, but it could be for almost anything. So again, I can talk only about my own state and like what I see every single day. Um, we set up a program of prevention. We got monies from the CARES Act, which everyone knows about, that was to, we, we put it towards homeless prevention. We saw so many people get laid off very quickly, you know, in all these different industries. And these are people who have never suffered with homelessness, like ever. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're worried about getting evicted. So then our state puts in the eviction moratorium, uh, on top of the federal one, federal one gets lifted. We're still stuck here. We extend ours out, still stuck there. And so we ended up putting in a, like, basically a stopgap or like a plug. If you think of it, like in Yang's terms of, we gave each person up, up to $3,000 to pay off their, um, their mortgage or to get a security deposit if they can prove that it was related to the pandemic, like they lost their job or something. Yeah, so, love that means testing. Exactly. It is definitely means tested, but it's, we had to. It was part of the, the CARES Act. It had to be pandemic related. So we, we've tried to keep it pretty loose and open, but that was part of it. And there's nothing we could do with about it. Um, but the secondary level with that is the unemployment with our state. And so, again, this isn't my department or anything, but you, know, you can read the headline news. Um, no, but we had such a backup with people trying to get um, their unemployment. 
And if you're talking about entrepreneurship, anyone who owned a small business did not qualify for any of that money. So you instantly are just screwed because what are you supposed to do? You didn't pay into the system the same way as, um, you know, somebody who has a boss and you're the one running the bit, running the show. So we have all these small business owners that have nothing and they get no help at all. And now they're just stuck. Dad. And then and then everybody said, oh, we didn't have the $1,200 just one time check. We had the unemployment. Not everyone gets that. Not everyone like, got it. Yeah, here's, yeah. It was bullshit. Here's the, thing about, here's the thing about entrepreneurship. And I think, you know, Andrew Yang touched upon this and, and among other un- fellow entrepreneurs. You got you to gotta fail in order to succeed. Because it's like, you know, when it, it's hard to like succeed with the, you know, a, like a one time thing. It's like it's like a it's it's a, it's a hit or miss when it comes to that. Here's the thing though, um, not not every a lot of people don't have you know can't afford to you know can't afford to fail. And most of the successful entrepreneurs usually had you know like a, a floor or a, a backup. Like with Andrew Yang when he was an unhappy happy lawyer, he got some funds from that. And and like I know this one other entrepreneur in my area, a vegan chef. You know he he has some money from. Um, being in working in in another restaurant and stuff. So, like, but if you don't have that, you're most likely to fail. That's that's why giving people a cash relief or you know a monthly allowance and stuff is extremely crucial. And you know, you know, so, you know what we should actually means test. We should like means test who gets to run for office by making sure that like they're not too corrupt. Or like their income isn't above a certain level that they can't relate to the average person on the street. That's what should be means tested. Uh, that's a great idea. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Let's make that happen or, somehow. Or the thing I like to say is have them experience their own. Um, uh, how do you put it? Like you know, send them to a woman's shelter or a homeless shelter and actually feel what their services are doing. Somehow submerge them as an undercover boss and see it at the root cause, especially if they're the ones with the funding, right? They have to test it. And you don't know unless you actually put your body there as a sample. You know, think about it. You're going to smell things you didn't see on paper, okay? (laughs) You're going to hear things that is not proven by a document that you're reading. Right. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear things that you wouldn't hear in a big hotel ballroom with like three hundred dollar glasses of wine. Right. I mean, I mean, it w- it was amazing. I I saw like the juxtaposition of like all of those cars in the food line in uh, Texas, oh. and then the the Michigan GOP that was like disturbing. like in Trump Tower or wherever they were with like drinking from Merlot. Like, give me a break. You want to talk about like Marie Antoinette levels of like, let them eat cake? There you go, America. Let them eat ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, that's the Pelosi route. (laughs) That that that's the thing. It's I don't I I don't know anymore. It's like like we 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 just we just have to kind of like uh uh yeah like like think I'm I'm just amazed at how many incumbents we had. Uh, uh, in like on the third, it's like w- why in the world would any incumbent get reelected in this climate? Is that cognitive dissonance? It's that cognitive dissonance we've got to address somehow. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of dissonance, mind of scarcity, uh, uh, and you know, tokenism, or even or or you know, pandering. 
all those all those things. It's, um, but like, it's, you know, it boils down that, to again, what actionable items do we need to come up with? What criteria do we need to meet to make them achieve this awareness of cognitive dissonance that is within themselves? Right? If you don't have a way of giving them a mental exercise or some kind of metaphor or some kind of emotional connection, right? They're not going to resonate, right? And But it's not until the pain outweighs the benefit that change is made. Okay, that, that is how you overcome cognitive dissonance. So where is the pain, right? That is what you need to look for. And they're not experiencing and, it because of a self-licking ice cream cone phenomenon. So we got to address right. that somehow, get in the middle of that. <laughs> this thing. Well, we, we have to hit them in their pocketbooks. And I, I don't know how that's going to work, but like what we're, we're going to see, like who funds, you know, that what companies are giving them. It's it, what was it called? The, the OpenSecrets.org and then boycott. All the we can invite these on companies it. on be like, what's your game, man? <laughs> what's your right. deal? Why? <laughs> yeah, Ariel, exactly. can you well, write them a letter? <laughs> Game, Write a letter to anyone you have. think. Yeah. The game they have is these fancy cocktail parties. The game they have are the raffle tickets. The game they have is show time tickets. Right. They get all these incentives and these bribes. Maybe not even bribes. Maybe they've done it legit the whole way. But there are still perks. Okay. These are the perks that outweigh the pain. Okay. The pain. They aren't there. Right. Um. So. So the pain has to feel deep enough, right? But what what feels better than pain? You have to incentivize something that people will gravitate towards, right? Like, make it better. Raise the bar. How do we help them raise the but bar? Like, you'll, you'll be loved. You'll be remembered by your people. I mean, like, isn't that it? Un- unless, like, they're completely don't care about that and they're just, like, selfish, greedy, kind of, like, low conscious. <laughs> People. People but, like to have fun. TikTok, okay? I guess. People like to have fun. That is the gain they're getting from this, right? They're enjoying All it. Right, TikTok, it is. <laughs> so, but like, how do you get them to this gain momentum? You know, like, how do they? How do they have fun while doing the right thing? How do you change the incentive to fun? Right? Because I think if it was fun, they would do it anyway. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, but it's like they're not. They're not like. 15 year olds but it's it's kind of sad we're that it all has to children come at heart okay it is, uh, you know. people want to be entertained yeah. yeah that's true like like I, yeah you can make it yang knows how to make things fun that's for sure i mean yeah like, so to go back to that uh, Faye, you're very correct so having actionable items and then finding a way to make those actionable items fun i think is an it is a shift and yang did that for us as as a whole you know, he put them on his website. Here's 170 plus whatever policies that I stand for. And he was very like upfront about it. This is what I stand for. This is why I stand for it. And he didn't, you know, muddy the waters. He gave it like a bullet list and he knows this is what I stand for. This is why I stand for it. These are the things I plan on doing. And then he just kind of went out there and did it. So who would have thought about talking about WWE and, you know, why that was uh, a thing, but that was something he felt strongly about he thought about it he had actual items and he listed it out i would have never even known that was a problem until but when he starts to put it in the same terms as um they're basically gig workers and they have no rights like i understand that i get that and yeah maybe you should do something about that 
So, so, you know, I like to gamify my own life. Um, you know, I kind of live my life like a video game to help come up with strategy and like, you know, just because if you're going to be a game, you have to like do X, Y, Z. You got to find your quest, your mission side quest. You got to get certain like skills developed, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so like, you know, when you mentioned Yang's policies, like how do you make those rewarded, right? You gotta like put an incentive reward at the end of that tunnel, right? You know, that's the quest I want to go on. This is the puzzle I want to solve. Like we have to gamify or at least somehow, uh, you know, you can give like tiny little awards. I don't know. They could be goofy. Like the Yang gang loves being goofy. We have tons of creative artists. Like we literally could do all of this, right? Like... We have this capability. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and yeah, if you're talking about open secrets, secret. Follow the Money is another one of those um, sites. All you have to do is find the funders, gamify a way to, you know, find their opponent or either their opponent or your the opponent you want to prop up, whoever you want, and find a way to to fund them and make it fun and get their image out there. And I mean, Yang would never been as popular if he we didn't find a way to make him fun. Like he's a good person, and we're all good people too. But we found a yeah, way to make him more fun. Yeah, like the little the yeah. the music, the the little. Uh, I mean, he he embodied it. He leaned in to the whipped cream. Yeah, but yeah. like if he didn't, if the rest of us didn't do all that kind of stuff, and he didn't, you know, support it, and he just shut it down, then he probably wouldn't have been as big as he was because. He found it fun, and he let us have that open creativity to, to well, really... Well, politics has never been fun, right? Like, until Yang came Funny. around, rolling yeah. on his, like, roller... Or his uh, skateboard. Skateboard. <laughs> and, and, and he's also, you know, like, doing dance videos, and he's just freaking having fun, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, we are drawn to that because we're like, right. I want to have fun with that guy. You know, we need right, yeah. more of those people as beacons. And, you know, like, I think it's... Uh, He's very creative on how he reaches his base, right? The whole but TikTok when it came thing. down to it, and like it was a real issue. He was not afraid to show his humanity. Like you talked about, you know, that mother watching, you know, her son get shot, and or the brother watches, and he thought of his own kids, and he wasn't afraid to like say that. So it's all fun and games, but like he's still a human being, and he's still like this is my emotions, and I'm not afraid to show you that that's real. So I think that that we'll is say, also we'll very say, true. Uh, I will say Andrew Yang can afford to do that because if he was like, uh, if if he didn't have money in his bank, or if he was like, if he had, you know, an uh, like health and all that, and various other things, or if he was in a toxic environment, you wouldn't you wouldn't see that side of him. I, I guarantee yeah, but, it. You know, and, but, I mean, he's like he's and he's like an optimistic version of me, but it's like I I just know for a fact that. You know, if he didn't have, like, you know, like, if he wasn't a millionaire, if he didn't I have, I want to push like, back uh, on this a know. little bit. I want to push back on uh, this a little bit. I can be fun, and I'm broke as shit, right? I can make videos and dance around and play with puppets, and I'm broke as shit, right? Like, I mean, like, you're, you're it's a definitely <laughs> attitude, you know, and I have support, right? It's the support that really makes it possible. If I didn't have support, oof. Right. And, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to be a millionaire to have this like emotional freedom. Right. Uh, it's it's definitely within one's self love. Right. And and how you c- take care of yourself. But like, you know, if you're too stressed out to do those kind of things, like I get it, man. Right. Um, but like I've developed tools for myself in order to handle some of these emotions that are going to come up. 
people are mean to me. People start rumors about me. And and somebody in his situation, it's only 10 times worse, right? So like, it's so we're talking about him running for the president of the United States. We have to look at it on a more of a microcosm and smaller. So we have city governments that are corrupt. We have state governments that are corrupt. And then we get to Congress. So it's like, and, and most of the bad stuff happens on that city and state level. So by the time it gets to Congress, it's like already a hot mess. So, I mean, if you can fix a lot of these lower level things where you don't need that lot, a lot of money to actually run and win, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars could you could win and, you know, totally just crush your incumbent. I think and, the other thing we, we are doing as a grassroots movement, though, is we have people calling for other states. Like, we want this person hired. We're going to volunteer our people, our little faction yep. over here. We're going to come over and help your little faction over here. And we're going to make sure that you have, mm-hmm. you know, your resources to pull this off because we believe in you, right? Like, we literally have to, like, on a state level, and we are with, like, mayors and stuff you know like we are trying to do that kind of stuff like phone banking for other states because we're like no we're all in this together and we have to start low Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just it's just uh like like yang said one time it's like you just keep banging against this pillar until it finally topples i remember i remember he he said he said something like that but uh, it's it's so like frustrating to have people who are so old in charge of so much because it's like yeah. they live in bubble there's know? a great term i heard uh gerontocracy so that's when we could start throwing around yeah yeah the gerontocracy and, what is and that gerontocracy ruled by the geriatric the old yeah and re- i remember i remember when um i don't know one one person was up there running for president and he said that when i was like three like in third grade like biden came to the to the school and said it's time to pass the torch and now i'm here running against him and then biden was like i'm still holding on to that torch it's like god damn it it's 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 like how 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 selfish can you be it's It's like like some baby boomers have this history ends with us attitude and they're just determined to end history (laughs) i don't know what Um, else to say they have little faith. I think they have little faith in us. If mm-hmm. we're, I'm really going to be honest, you know, the morals that they grew up by are not at all what we are living by now, right? We have tattoos. We're sleeping with each other. Like they had a lot of like, you know, like be good or be like hit, right? Maybe I don't know. I I wasn't there watching their life, but you know, like and white not, not like had like Woodstock and stuff like that, and they were all getting high and like on acid and stuff and then they forgot they used to behave like that like i never got yeah that. i mean they're not a monolith either some of them were never into that and some of them were just you know stalwartly against it their whole lives and some of them were into it and then decided no that was a mistake and now i want the status of of having being against it now you know but uh, i don't know they just still <laughs> don't you, believe like it is the way it is for us my father is 67 so he just retired and the first thing he said he goes um, the fact that I had to vote for somebody who's older than I am, and I think I'm old, then uh, you know that there's a problem in this country. And this is my father, so there you I go. Don't think all, I don't think all boomers feel that this is the best solution either. So well, that's good. I, I mean, I mean, the, the, those are the voices that we don't hear, and it's nice 
to know that there are some old people out there who see that there are problems, but the really, but, but I think like the really, really selfish, greedy old people are hogging up all the spotlight by the default and the voices of the other, like more generous. Well, there was also like an actual like facilitation of these dreams and visions and goals by people that are still in politics, right? And, like, you know, it, you watch The Family on Netflix, right? And I don't know if any of you have. But essentially, it was just, like, we have all these cool people you get to meet, you can learn from. And, you know, also, we follow Jesus and everything Jesus. And you better read this <laughs> book about Jesus, right? Um, and it was oh, outside of the government structure so they could get away with it. Yet they were grooming people to be within the government, right? And, and you know, in a lot of ways, you could look at uh, grassroots movement of Yang. Let's just take that as an example. We have a humanity first is our, like, you know, vision that we all kind of surround around. Not so much Jesus, but some gospel. of us believe in Jesus, right? And But we can have our own offshoots. We got witches for Yang. We got, you know, Jews for Yang. We got all these groups for Yang, right? Uh, and Jesus is Yang Yang, too. <laughs> but, but the he thing is... Be, let's be honest. <laughs> say that again? He would be. Jesus would yeah, be. Yeah, he was, he was a populist, right? <laughs> Jesus was a populist. He wanted to help everybody. He hung out with uh, whores. He gave money <laughs> to people. He liked wine. Yeah, he seemed like a good guy. He seemed like the kind of guy that say, I could get They didn't by. say, like, Jesus. He's also dealt with bandwagoners and people who stand in the back. So, yeah. And, and, then, and then he didn't, they didn't say, like, for, I, I cannot heal you for you are not in the health networks. <laughs> Yeah, but they controlled they controlled the literature that these people read, right? And these literature that like they maybe even catered to the message they're trying to send to people. And people would read it religiously, right? And so like they had these mantras and maybe these mantras were maybe good for the most part, but there's a guy named Doug Coe. Not a lot of people have probably heard of Doug Coe. But he was like I've modeled some of my life after Doug Coe, okay? I'm just going to put this out there. He was a networker that would go to these different groups and be like, you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person. He was kind of like the connector of that group, right? Um, and there's not just one of me. There's a lot of me, right? Um, but, like, see, he he was very strategic, but his whole thing was one vision for, you know, Jesus and, like, the government and Jesus. And it's just like, okay, uh, not humanity, like, isn't, that just mildly more important uh just a little bit and and so like um but uh if you model that and make it a tweak the message just a little bit so that everyone benefits then i think we could really move forward i cut because i think what he did was very important i'm just a little worried about his motivations (laughs) yeah you know sometimes you just gotta sometimes you just gotta ask yourself what will yang do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why Yang took a big bite out of Trump's base because he 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 didn't steep his message in identity politics. He steeped his message in humanity first, and I think that's the thing no. because if people people say that if that person gets something, then I don't get it, and if I get uh, if I'm getting something, then good, then then it's like then then it's for me. It's not for that other person. But that's like saying oxygen, you know. If that person is breathing in too much oxygen, I'm not getting any oxygen. 
That's but see, stupid. Yang started collecting money from people to dis- distribute. He got teams of people to distribute this money outside right. of the government, right? He's like, right. dude, my yeah. government sucks. I'm going to do this thing that I know how to do. Jeez, like, yeah. why isn't everybody on board with this, you know? Right, right, Yeah, exactly. of course, he's like, here's a bunch of money. And then, like, a lot of people were able to benefit because he's provided this service that people with money right. could and, put their and money the thing, in. And the thing is, is that like, it, it, it's like mo- money is yeah. like an, a, a construct. It's just like printed. We, we, we saw them with the cares act print almost like a trillion for, you know, the, these companies and stuff. And it wasn't even out of taxes. It was just kind of like printed. So, so it's like, it's like, there's a lot of ideology behind who deserves it and who doesn't. And the thing is, is that like, 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 like people have to see that it's, it's not deserving it and not deserving it. It's the level field. Isn't the, 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 the playing field isn't leveled. And that's the thing because someone like Donald Trump who can create so many businesses and, uh, and have them file for bankruptcy that didn't come from his merit. That came from his inheritance. So, so, yep. so we don't we don't see the same thing with an idea like a UBI that that look like like you'd never hear one of these super conservatives, the super Republicans, like rail against inherited wealth, even though that's money that was made without work. <laughs> you know, right? So that's, I wish I that's had really a, a drum to be banged. Good on. point. Right, uh, let me yeah. let me ask something real quick. What do you guys think about the whole college debt forgiveness thing? I, I think Biden wants to. Um, it's not. Um, where do you guys stand on that? It's not bad on its own, but if it is used as a, a a substitute for other more broadly reaching financial aid, that's totally unacceptable. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah, got to be yeah, part of a broad package as a as like pretty much a footnote because what twenty five thirty what percentage of, of people have college debt thirty thirty five percent of Americans generously right and and what percentage of that have a lot of college debt you know. A significant people, number of people. This will save the lives and livelihoods of many people. It's a good thing. But if it is used to avoid saving the livelihoods of more people, it's a bad thing. So that's that's where I stand. Is there right. interest the on the debt of education? Oh, uh, yeah. It depends on yes. your loan. But yeah, I mean, yeah, usually. Even a, a federal loan, it, there's definitely interest. They make money on us. So, yeah. so, so to me, yeah. like when I hear this, I think, man, if I became homeless and I stopped paying my school debt, I literally have debt accruing that I might not even be aware of anymore because I don't even have access to a computer. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, th- this is just following me. And uh, good luck if I want to apply for, you know, a, a new apartment and they're checking my credit and it's like absolute trash or something, you know. Or, yeah, like, I've got some. Insane. I've got some long delinquent student loans I will never pay. And I've just decided to become like a hobo off the grid man, part- largely because well, of that. So I mean, that's I mean, how I it went for me. Like, like the degree, like, like we were, we were sold this dream under false pretenses, you know, that, that the, your education is going to, because, because I remember always being told when I went to like a, you know, a pretty well-to-do high school that like, never worry about paying for university because the 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 ROI on a uni- college education 
is always going to exceed the money that you pay. And then when that turned out, when that turned out to be bullshit, they're like, oh, return on investment. it, It was, it was your, it was your responsibility. You, you made that decision. So you have to deal with the consequences of your decision. But hang on a second. You, you, you kept drumming into young people's head that the ROI is always going to outweigh the costs. So you, you, you can't, you can't give, you can't tell people that to drive toward California and tell them they're going to New York. And when they've been driving in that wrong direction, tell them that it was their fault because, because they listen to you. <laughs> like I do want to also say like, as far as like the student loan uh, forgiveness, college debt forgiveness and stuff. Yeah. Like that, that should be done. However, what you got, what you got, what you got to think about is the fine print. Are we going to get what we signed up for? Or are these, or are the one, the corrupted top officials are going to like, going to be lurking and looking for some or sort like, of like, if, if, if they're, if they're over. right. Or if there are no jobs. Okay. So yeah. All your paid off, but now you're at zero and you can't even make any more money because all the jobs are gone. Like what, 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 what good is that going to do? <laughs> it's... And they're going to put in like the day, but people won't know because they're going to put in big letters like, Oh, uh, um, uh, for, for, uh, college, college, college debt is, is all forgiven or, you know, um, free this, free that. But we, and we do know that nothing in, as the old saying goes, nothing in this life is free. Right. So it's like, and, and usually there's these terms and conditions or, you know, what's the catch and stuff, the fine print and whatnot that people, they know people won't really read. They won't get into it. You know, whereas like, you know, Andrew Yang, he literally told you the fine print, like what you're, what you're getting into, but these, these ones in power, they don't. Before we get too far off topic, um, let's let Maureen, um, respond to, uh, to Zach's question. If we could, while we have her. Honestly, I don't even know what the question originally was. So if we can wrap back around, I can answer. Should college be forgiven? Well, it also looked like you wanted to say some other stuff. So why don't you say that stuff? So whatever you were going to, we're talking about forgiveness of college debt. I personally, I don't, all right, so this is me, not ju- just me as a person here. Um, because I've lived rural and now I live in a very urban area, I know that if you forgive like everyone's debt, there's going to be an, a very large part of the population that's going to be very upset about mm-hmm. it. And so in my gut feeling is to say, if you are to do it, maybe something like what Biden says at, at maybe like $10,000 where it's the same across the board. Um, and if to me, almost, I would almost send a tax credit back to people who have paid off their student loan debt, because if you're going to do it, it has to be fair across the board. Yeah. And, you know, so somebody who went to a four-year university at a state school is going to be different that went to a four-year university at, you know, some private school, but that loan is still exactly the same. Um, and, you know, it's really, I, I, th- I just think there's going to be a lot of pushback. Yeah. I personally have quite a bit of student loans, both from my undergraduate and my master's. And so I understand everything that Ariel was saying. Um, and it, it is tough when you, you've basically been lied to, you know, since the time that you uh, came of age. But I think they also lied to your parents. So, like, again, my parents, neither of them went to college. And they sold my parents on that same dream, like send your kid to college and everything will be fine. Yeah. So um, it's a basically like a, it's a giant, uh, 
don't know. It's just it's a giant think, lie. So many of our, yeah, I mean, like my my mom is still like, yes, there are a bajillion jobs out there for you with your English degree, and you the only reason you don't have one is just because I don't know. It's nice. It's, it's yeah. It's right. It's definitely individual responsibility. It's definitely on me. So I mean, and I know I'm not alone. It's like everyone's parents refuse to update their view of reality, and and it's just we're gonna die. <laughs> They're gonna and, kill and us with it. And because you're not getting monetary value for this podcast that you literally have like manifested into reality, they still can't connect that you're adding value to this world. No, I'm like, just going out with a bang. That's all. <laughs> they, they just don't see that you're literally adding more value I have, than I, you would. Yeah, I dropped out of the economy because I have student debt and then other reasons, medical debt, all kinds of debt. I was like, this is never going to work. I need to find an alternative way to live. This isn't right for me. So I haven't really been in the economy. <laughs> You know, I uh, yeah. So to go back to the, the original point, I think that it has to be across the board, and I do think that you're going to have to have something on the back end for people who have paid into the system, because otherwise they're just going to hate them even more. I mean, and yeah, ten thousand dollars seems like a good cutoff to me, because then if you had you went to our associates, that's give or take about what that would cost. Um, it would be the same if you went to four year, private, whatever. And but, if they you know, could pay the other people back, it would be even better. You know, it'd be great, though, if we thought about it, like, we should whistleblow on these institutions, right? Like, then we would get, you know, like, you know, we could get this value back to us for this lie we've been sold, you know, in a lot of ways is this fraud that we've, like, literally just accepted as normal, you know, yeah. and we don't even have a way to do well, anything well, about that's, it. Well, that, that's, what, that's what the media industrial complex does. It normalizes fraud. So, I mean, like, like fr- fraud is normalized for young people in, in a way that's absolutely, like, egregious and disgusting. I think it's, it's, it's terrible that I'm looking at, like, my 3D printer that I have on my desk right now. And I'm thinking about, like, the, like, like all the science and the technology we have. I'm, I'm talking with people thousands of miles away from me through my phone. And, like, we went into space. And we have all these like rockets and and we have airplanes and all this like awesome technology and we're struggling like this. Something is disconnected in this whole entire thing and it, it makes no sense because there's no reason in a in a you know, in a world with such high functioning technology and such modern inventions and marvels for people to be this depressed and stressed out and anxious and bullshit like this. It's complete crap. And it's happening because we have Stone Age leaders in a Space Age world. And that is inappropriate. And that has got to go. That's my little soapbox. Yeah, and corruption because, like, it's... it's uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's given, like, things like capitalism, like, a very bad name and... It's like uh, we gotta like have a a system work for us, and yeah, we should like stick it to these institutions, like you know, hold them accountable. But we don't have enough manpower. That's that's the issue. It's like there there are people, so many people in the society that are so brainwashed thanks to the media, thanks to the people at the top. That's it's like even if we try to make it somehow fun, they're still gonna be like, yeah, I don't care, you know, or 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 they'll try to like say. Uh, we're wrong or we don't know what we're talking about and the only time they will ever you know wake up is when we're 
is when we're in a much worse crisis than what we're in now. And then, like, because that's what it tends to, like, like we got here to help people act rather than we got here through, we, we get, even, like, look at Native American treaties, okay? We didn't understand the language that the treaty had, okay? Like, it starts back all the way to these treaties, and we still don't honor these treaties, right? They've been going for hundreds of years where, like, Native Americans haven't gotten millions of acres of land, or mile, I don't know what it is, that maybe Walked acres, in but, and like, took names. They don't and get any don't of that, and we're else. not honoring any of this, and, and it's fraud if you're not paying off these, like, agreements, right? And we just continue, Gus, and then we're like, how unfair. dare you want to cash in on this promise we made? Well, I don't know, because you made a promise, and uh, I was under the impression that, you know, I would get what you promised me, and that seems like a thing. But see, like, the Native Americans didn't see land as uh something you could own like you can't own air that you breathe and and when they read this language it was not what they were consenting to right and so they literally the first contracts that were made they're like ha 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 no and it's only been getting worse no backsies no backsies like we just don't deserve our position as like a world superpower we need someone who is more powerful than us as a nation to hold us in check unfortunately that's like the, the only thing let's, let's let them i wish they had the power to hold america accountable but they don't or, or maybe it just takes like the yeah. the lighting of the asses of these people that we have in charge on fire how do we do and it like, like <laughs> how? That, but, but that that's the thing Faye is like let's not be too mean but like i think we we have to like test how 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 like the levels of meanness and see what like responses we get we have to experiment with like okay we did phone calls let's see what were the results we did emails okay now I mean, that's like, any scientific method right like you gotta right, exactly. something. i'm not sure meanness is even the deciding factor it might not make a difference at all you know no that, no that it does, okay not vector mean, of the like, approach hit, okay okay hit them hit them where it hurts Hit them in their pocketbook. Yeah, I'd like to. Like I said, find, how? find out, like, like what, com- like, I don't know, like, disrupt, I don't know, prank call their, their, no. um, their <laughs> or, or something like that. But, I, um, something it, scalable. Yeah, something scalable. It, 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 it has to be something, but, but we have to take a very scientific, I mean, measured approach there, there to are, what we do. There are plans in the works. Let's just put that out there. Um, but uh, we are coming up on our time. I wanted to, uh, like, my phone's also dying, so I just want to <laughs> um, do that. Um, so thank you so much for coming on our show. Is there any last minute um, comments yeah, you want to make? And also um, uh, any platforms you want people to reach you at? Um, yeah, so I just pretty much, I, I want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, this was a great conversation. I feel like I only stir in my, my same little bubble all the time. So it's great to talk about a lot of things I think about and, you know, kind of get them out there. I pretty much just talked to my husband and my dad. So, <laughs> but I th- I'm pretty sure my dad's now gang gang. So we're, we're fine on that. Nice. Well, you're always welcome to come back. If you ever see anybody in the like discord chat that you want to see and talk to, like, please come back. You can be part of the team and onboard yourself. Like this is possible. <laughs> get bored. Very informal. Oh. Everyone who's here now is just, you know, they were on one time and decided they wanted to become a regular. You're, you're welcome to come back as much or as, as much as you like, if you'd like to. It's, it's all about keeping the UBI community connected so we can be better allies and collaborate better. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've know. had congressmen on. Like, I'm just saying. We like, had Rakana and Tamayan. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, continue. Well, I'm, Wait, I we might did? actually run. So if I do, Fantastic. I Fantastic. We will support you. We'll support the hell out of you if you run. Everything we can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. But you guys can follow me. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it that much at uh, Parkland Project. And that used to be my old blog. I don't really have, I never updated my Twitter. I probably should do that at some point. Um, I have a pretty big following on Instagram at Making With Mo. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm friends. I'll pretty much friend anyone that I see a lot of mutual Yang Gang people. Um, that's how I met Faye, honestly. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I have like nobody on TikTok, so I won't even promote TikTok. Really, Izzy's but. on TikTok, I hear. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. Oh, that's right. I saw you on TikTok. I'm much too old for TikTok hey, myself. But, uh, but basically just Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. Instagram yeah, and Facebook. I'm, old, I'm the elder millennial, so that's, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, hang out. Everyone, hey, I, I literally have to go to different <laughs> echo chambers to find people. Like, literally, I have to be on other platforms to bring them here. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. It was great to meet you, Maureen. It was good. Yeah. I really yeah. hope you do yeah. run. You're the kind of person we need in Congress. For yeah. sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> Ariel, do you want to go next? Local. Ariel, do you want to go next? Well, oh, yeah. You can find me at uh, Ariel's Ariel's on uh, Twitter. And uh, I also have a YouTube page named uh, Revolutionary Thinking. So that's just YouTube.com slash Revolutionary Thinking. Izzy? And first, first, well, first I want to quickly say, like, just going off of, like, you know, what you are mentioning, Faye, about, like, the Native Americans and, and not really giving them much respect because since they're, like, technically the founders or, or at least... So, like, we, we should be rather than, like, uh, you know, uh, sticking down a flag on whatever land we conquer, you know, whether it's literally, where it's literal, uh, we should be learning from, from these from these various cultures. I mean, sure, we, we have, you know, we have, like, the Hispanics helping out the French and, 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 uh, and vice versa. And yet, you know, we're, we're all about, you know, divide and conquer or we're not willing to, um, you know... Um, listen to others like we just had to have the last word and we should but we should like be listening more than we talk and we should compromise and you know because uh you know because that's what makes them lose trust and and those like us because i mean if we're if we if we have all these resources that are so advanced like surely something this basic when it comes to uh these basic morals or whatever this it should come it should come natural to us but it doesn't and that that should definitely be reshaped. Um, that being said, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, and and Instagram also same same uh, handle uh, at Izzy Bolden I Z Z Y B O L D E N. I'm on YouTube at Izzyland Y T I Z Z Y L A N D Y T. Have a podcast out called uh, Izzy Izzyland Uncut. Um, talk about various 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 other topics, uh, uncensored, and you know. Emotions with barely inter- interruptions, and you know, if you're interested in being a guest, you know, definitely hit me up on Twitter. You know, um, be on your and, show yeah, at least we'll, we'll once, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, uh, yeah, and you know, and, and my goal is to, like, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm a bit selfish. Like, I want, you know, better, better life for me and my my friends. And and what so happens that you know, my me and my friends, like, we live in these environments where a lot of people are unhappy, are messed up, are do have like this mindset of scarcity and, and, and they're and they're projecting and stuff. So in order for us to have a better life, we have to 
make these people happy. So it's like that's what I'm trying to push. How very selfish of you. There's no like, hey, uh, you have (laughs) making those people happy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, mean, also like like based off like how I how I respond and and think like I'm just I'm using like uh, cultures you know like Native Americans or the French you know who who have them who barely have any resources but they manage to like take look after their own and stuff. And I'm like, what? How would they respond in, if they were in my shoes? If like, how how would they respond to these things? And that's what I use as far as like my the way I my decision making and how I interact and stuff. Because I, I feel that like we can learn a lot from these these types of cultures. Various others who don't really have much much of a voice when they should, and who can be a the biggest contributors. You know, as far as like helping us move forward and getting. The best, the best policies, the best, uh, uh, you know, ideas out there that can give us a bright, better future. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be exploiting them because yeah. we, we've, we've been there. We're, we're dealing with, <laughs> we're literally dealing with that with, you know, the freaking top officials in Congress. So it's like, be those guys. Like, come on, it's, it's, it's and it's only fair. It's like, you know, if, if they, if it, if we want to, you know, learn from them, then, then they should be learning for us. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh. What do you call it? You know, tit for tat or whatever. It's like reciprocal. Yeah, we should we should reciprocal. make that more. We should normalize that. Tit for tat. So, yeah, yeah, reciprocate. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, tit for tat, right? So same thing. I'm going to give my sign off. That's cool. Please do. Okay, cool. My phone's still dying. That's all. Um, okay, so uh, my name's Faye Downey, and my Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok are all um, Tis Downey, T I S D O N E Y. Um, you know, I'm a fully nomadic activist that's been traveling the country for two years, and I've been living my life like a video game. So, I mean, I got quite the story to follow. Um, you know, think of my TikTok as like the commercial into my life, and if you want to watch like the episodes per series something like that i don't know think of twitch right and then you know come meet me hang out like like we can have a conversation maybe one day even get on this uh podcast so come check it out and uh hope to see you guys around shale you want to take it out <laughs> yeah, thank you for setting the show up Faye. this is really great um thank you for watching thank you for listening um yeah if you know if you speakers want to get your last credits in, this is your last chance before we export. And uh, listeners, thank you. You know, we really appreciate it. And uh, we will be with you again soon. Take care. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.